Good evening. How's everybody doing today on this wonderful? And uh, Mr. Harris says him and his wife are watching. Awesome. Glad to hear that. I uh, hope you all have done well today. And uh, looks like the sun was out, at least at my house. It looks like it's about to come another storm. I have my little dogs outside. I had to run out there and grab them real quick. And I don't know if they're just getting older or just ignore me, but you holler for them and they look at you like, you know, it's run the opposite direction. I don't know what it is here lately with them, but uh, hello, Betsy. But uh, so I don't know what's going on with them, but oh well, at least I got them inside now. Good, good evening, Kyle. And uh, uh, so I was going to say, uh, anyway, it's hump day. It's halfway through the week. And just saying, it's halfway through the week. And um, we are halfway through the year. You know, the month of June makes us to the halfway mark. That's hard to believe that in just a few months uh, that we'll be having Christmas again. That's just, I know a lot of you don't want to think about it. I know I don't want to think about it, but that's the, the, the long and the short of it. But you realize that this December is the greatest holiday of the year. No, I'm not talking about Christmas. I'm talking about my birthday. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just joking. My birthday is in December, but I'm just I'm just trying to be funny. But anyway, you know it's very difficult to uh, make crap jokes and such um, uh, when I'm uh, here by myself because uh, I don't you know when I'm at church, uh, you know I'm, I crack a joke. At least I can see some kind of reaction. At least for those who are still awake. And uh, when I do it here, there's no la oh wait a minute actually, I can still have laughter. Let me see here. Uh, there you go. See, I can still have laughter. Even by myself, I can entertain uh, myself. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so but I do hope everybody's had a good day today. And uh, if we may, let's go ahead and have our opening scripture this evening. We're going to look at uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 12. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. So everybody, just a second to turn there. If you're using your Bibles and Jamie and Linda Arnold, hello. But uh, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And as me, Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. If you have any prayer requests, please be sure to put those in the comments so that we can all come together and pray. Uh, Todd Ferguson called me last night. He specifically asked that I would uh, please uh, be praying for his aunt. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't look like uh, she's going to uh, to make it. And they're they're very close. The the, the tragedy uh, that really bothered him more than anything. Uh, he said that his uh, uncle and his aunt had been married over 60 years, and uh, they would not allow wherever they're at. Uh, he was specified in this area. If it was, he mentioned at one time he's a kid going down to. Georgia, so I don't know if they're in Georgia, but uh, would not allow her husband uh, to be by her side. And I, that was heartbreaking to know. You know, they've been married 60 years. The woman's dying. She's going to die alone. They won't let her husband. I don't, I don't understand that. You know, even before this whole COVID deal, I told dad, I said, you know, uh, you know, when we go visit somebody at the hospital, if there was something that was uh, contagious, they'd make you put on a gown and a mask. Uh, how is this any different? I mean, why keep the man put on a gown and a mask and gloves and walk in there and be with his wife? I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it, you know. And then they, uh, this whole COVID thing is, uh, Donna says her sister's still in ICU. So, oh, she was diagnosed with cancer. Sorry, Donna, to hear that. We'll definitely, definitely be praying. And I know Wendy Lee, I'd be praying for her and Ron and Thelma Thompson and uh, Kim Penix. There's so many we need to be praying for right now. So let's go ahead and bow our heads and go for the Lord in prayer. Then, Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day that you bless us with. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for another uh, opportunity to spread the gospel message. Uh, Lord, let's pray to be with each and every one of uh, the individuals who are watching here uh, this evening. And, uh, Lord, you know their hearts and minds. You know uh, the concerns. You know the battles. And, Lord, I pray that you uh, will uh, make your presence known and felt in every situation. Uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, you'll be with uh, Todd Ferguson's Aunt uh, Barbara and that you will uh, help her and give her peace during this difficult time. And Lord, I know this is very tough on them for her husband not to be by her side, but at least we know that as long as we know you as our personal Lord and Savior, we are never alone. Through life, through death, no matter what we go through, we are never alone. So praise God for that grace and that mercy. 
Now, Lord, it's one lift up, Ron, if they'll toss it to you. I pray you be the daughter's sister. That you bring healing upon her with this uh, diagnosis she just received. Uh, Lord, I pray you be with Kim Penix, and uh, I pray that you be with Wendy Lee. Uh, I pray you be with Verna Campbell, her sister, and uh, Richard Campbell's father. Uh, Lord, I pray that you be with our, uh, all of our church family and be with our church in general. And uh, Lord, I pray that you will continue to allow it to grow and, and reach and touch hearts and minds. The Lord, just uh, we want to thank you, we love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, uh, as far as uh, announcement goes, I can't really think of anything specifically. Uh, we are, of course, going to... Um, uh, I had someone uh, message me this morning, said his uh, services uh, back to normal. And I said, well, we're having one service from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. And I said, was well, that without restrictions? I said, well, it is uh, technically without restrictions. We encourage you to wear a mask, and uh, but it's something you don't have to do. And, uh, of course, uh, so we'll, you know, if you want to come out and join us from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m., unfortunately, we're unable to continue to air on 98.5 WTFM. That was a courtesy that was extended to us uh, amidst this uh, whole COVID uh, ordeal and those who were unable to get out of their homes. And now that things are getting back to normal and the church doors are open, uh, we are uh, unable to do that. However, they were kind enough uh, to uh, spread the word on, uh, on the radio uh, to let everyone know that our doors are open and inviting them out to the church. So I thought that was very kind of them uh, to do that. Uh, we'll continue to do our services online on the evenings, on Sunday evening at 6 p.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We'll continue to do that for a little while. And, uh, of course, you know, you can always, for those who are on the website, those online, of course, you understand, uh, I do my uh, devotions every morning at 7.15 a.m., and uh, so uh, uh, be sure to tune into that. And something that's, that's been very well received is uh, I started this on Monday because, particularly in the midst of everything that's going on, uh, is uh, started doing the Pledge of Allegiance uh, before we started Bible study. And uh, I have had uh, overwhelming response uh, on that. And people are really, uh, really glad and happy that uh, I'm doing that. And uh, I feel like it's something that's needed, something necessary. I kind of wish I'd started it long before now. And uh, uh, but praise God, uh, we're, we're doing it now. So uh, sometimes it's hard to, not to get a little choked up when you say, say those words. Uh, then on Saturday evenings on uh, at 6 o'clock, Brandy and I try to do a podcast. Uh, if possible, we've been doing some home renovations, so we're not able to, we've kind of been skipping Saturdays here and there because, to be quite frankly, we're so exhausted, we're just not able to do it. So we've been, been uh, hitting it pretty hard here at the house. So. Thank you, COVID, because now that since we're quarantined, my wife has come up with so many projects for us to do, and boy, am I excited. But uh, anyway, so that's about all the uh, announcements that I have uh, right now that I can think of. Because um, that's pretty much it. Of course, you know, uh, till we see what's going on with this whole uh, virus deal, you know, it's they flip-flop back and forth. One minute, uh, you know, the the one of the... Um, Ranking members of the of the WHO organization, not the group, singing group, but of the uh, uh, of the World Health Organization, uh, said that uh, you know that you cannot uh, transmit the virus if you're asymptomatic. And then she come back the same day, backpedaling, said, "Well, that's not necessarily true." Uh, they say the curve is flattened. Then I turn around and read today that it is spiking. Uh, since uh, Memorial Day, they've been seeing a lot of spikes throughout the country. Uh, particularly, um, uh, I want to say Florida, I think it is. They've seen a 46% rise. They said in Tennessee, Kentucky, some other places, they're showing a spike and increase. So, you know, I don't know what to believe. One, one minute they say it lives on services, next minute it don't live on services. I don't know. But the point I'm making is, uh, until we figure out what's going on here, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do um, uh, Sunday school uh, services in the morning. Uh, for children, uh, and we um, we're just want to have just the one service inside for a little while, kind of see how things are going. Maybe um, uh, we're trying to get some things going on our playground situation. Maybe we can get some going out there, and they can maybe have some classes outdoors when weather permits. Uh, but we're just we've got to take it a week at a time, guys and gals. That's all we can do is take it a week at a time. But uh, let's go ahead and look at our um, uh, open uh, scripture here. It's James one nineteen. You have your Bibles, James chapter 1, verse 19. So if you have your Bibles handy, be sure to turn to there, or iPads, or phones, or whatever it is you're using. You know, the really scary thing is, the reason why I say that, most people want to think, well, 
Most people are probably watching their iPhones or iPads. That may be true. But a lot of people send me pictures where they put me up on their television screen. And when I see those pictures, that is scary. Why in the world they would want to do that? But hey, whatever makes them happy. So, uh, but James 1.19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Let us have a quick word of prayer. If our Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for your grace, your mercy, your love, your understanding. Lord, uh, just want to lift up our country and uh, pray that you bring peace upon this land, that you'll touch hearts and minds like never before. Lord, uh, help us to be a witness in uh, every area, every avenue of our lives. Let us serve you well. Lord, let this teaching tonight go out and let it uh, edify, let it uh, equip, and most importantly, let it glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, I, um, uh, I've been doing this study in Hebrews uh, for a little while. Uh, good evening, uh, Lisa Payne. I've uh, been doing this uh, study in Hebrews for a little while, and uh, it's not that we have stopped by no stretch of the imagination. Uh, we'll continue that, Lord willing, on Sunday. But I just feel like in the midst of everything that's going on right now, uh, dealing with racism, uh, wanting to... Uh, defund cops. Uh, it is. I feel like it was a topic that maybe we need to hit on uh, today. You know, uh, the uh, uh, liberal news media, the biased media, <laughs> has uh, condemned President Trump for uh, standing outside of St. John's Church holding up his Bible, claiming that it was a photo op and that he was pandering. Yet, all right, <laughs> they, they claimed that, which I, I think the man was being sincere. But did you see yesterday all the uh, uh, the liberals kneeling and uh, wearing the uh, what do you call it the uh, the, the Kenty scarf, if you will, and uh, kneeling? You talk about a photo op. You talk about pandering. <laughs> That's exactly what they were doing. But I got to looking that up, uh, and as far as that uh, Kenty scarf, I don't know if I'm not saying that correctly. I'm not pronouncing that correctly. But uh, it is. Um, a lot of times it was made out of silk, so those of, of, of higher authority, privilege, like kings or such, or the ones that wore that, and it was of the Ashanti group, and they were actually uh, slave traders and owned slaves. So uh, apparently nobody told them uh, about what they were wearing. Now, of course, there's more history, a little bit more history behind it, and now it's it become more available to um, uh, to all people, but uh, I tell you what, that is just uh, uh, mind blowing, you know. But you know, you look at Don Bongino today um, for the Senate Hearing Committee. Uh, he was talking about uh, not to defund uh, police officers, uh, these police precincts, and uh, you know, he was. Uh, you tell, you know, here he's ex CIA. You know, he was a New York police officer, I believe. And Secret Service, and you could tell this was a very an emotional thing. And he's talking about texts he received of, uh, of uh, fellow police officers uh, who were uh, who have been killed in the line of duty. And uh, he said there, he said that um, uh, spouses and families will tell you there's no greater sound than Velcro. And he said, man, you may ask why Velcro? Because that is what's holding their body armor on when they come home at night. And they're laying in their beds, and they hear that Velcro. They know that that loved one is home safely. And you just, uh, you see how emotionally charged he was and, and choked up. You know, uh, they were talking statistically in California alone. Uh, the uh, when they were going talking about discussing uh, defunding the police, uh, homicides spiked exponentially. Crime uh, spiked exponentially. We need our law enforcement, and the fact that they want to defund them. <laughs> It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, I said that they want to uh, get social workers uh, to, uh, to get out there and, and take care of domestic disputes. You know, um, uh, our, uh, one of our deacons, Richie Green, comes out to the church. Uh, he was in the police force, and, he, and he's told me stories about uh, domestic disputes, and he's told me how guys, he's had to fight these guys twice his size and, and uh, hurt him. And, uh, you know, and so... Uh, in a domestic dispute is probably one of the most dangerous calls a uh, police officer can go on. And so they're going to send a, uh, a social worker to <laughs> a domestic dispute. I mean, the insanity uh, of what we're seeing here. And we're going to get into this more police officer here in just a second. I don't want to get too, too far ahead of myself. But um, the lunacy and what we're seeing. But, you know, 
look at what's going on. All right, you know, we look at this uh, where they're crying uh, racism right now, particularly among uh, police officers that they're, uh, you know, they're, they're being profiled. Now, you know, no one would deny the fact that what happened with George Floyd was indeed uh, tragic and horrible and terrible. Now, when we looked at our verse uh, just a minute ago, it said, James 119, said, Wherefore, beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. So we need to be, be careful not to be too quick to judge. Uh, we need to be careful not to be, you know, make sure we get all the facts and understanding in what's, what's happening, what's going on. You know, uh, something I said a long time ago when this came out, and everybody was, was, was screaming foul, screaming racism. You know, something I said, you know, how do we, we don't know a man's heart. God knows the heart, all right? How do we know that, you know, as tragic as was, that um, this happened not because, you know, he didn't specifically uh, target this man and kill him because of his color. It happened, and it so happened he was a man of color. Well, come to find out, uh, recent events have uh, unfolded that these two knew each other, that they were security guards at a uh, nightclub. And they had a history, and apparently they had problems with each other. So it didn't even come down to, you know, if this is true. Now, this is something that's just, that's just come out I was seeing this morning. If true, then apparently color didn't have anything to do with it. It was the fact of their history. So, you know, that's why we have to be slow to speak, all right? And we have to be quick to listen. We have to, we have to under, you know, and get all the facts before we start, before we start spouting off. You know, um, we need to look at the big picture here. You know, there was a, a book by uh, uh, Dinesh D'Souza. Uh, it's called the, um, oh, the uh, what's the matter with me, Matt? Death of a Nation. Oh, my mind had a blank spot there. Was a Death of a Nation. And uh, one thing in this book, in Death of a Nation, uh, that, we, that you can get and read for yourselves, uh, you know, you can look back. I, I don't find this any coincidence that we're having a, uh, these race uh, riots and uh, upheaval uh, with go what's going on, because in one specific chapter of this book, uh, he discusses in this, uh, look at um, uh, when, in, back in 2016, and we can see even then they were pushing a race issue, uh, that they were trying to say that white supremacists, white nationalists uh, were uh, the uh, uh, spearheaded uh, uh, the um, uh, protest of things there in Charlotte, and they, they drove a car and killed a woman. And they were trying to say that um, uh, that uh, Trump, uh, President Trump, uh, now President Trump, uh, then run, uh, you know, he was running then, uh, was um, uh, a white president. Now, obviously, we've had other white presidents, as the book will tell you, and as we know and understand. But their point is that it was only white people that got him elected. It was only white people uh, of, uh, that uh, that was targeted. And uh, but one thing they neglect to discuss is the fact that. Uh, President Obama, a man of color, was elected twice, not once, but twice. So if it's only a white issue, you know, but the thing is, a lot of independents who pulled the lever for Obama pulled the lever for President Trump. And uh, so that's what really got, gained a lot of the votes. A lot of blue-collar workers, a lot of blue-collar um, uh, middle America is what uh, uh, helped get Trump elected. But if you would look at that, you know, the, the, he goes on in this book talking about how they find this one uh, white supremacist walking down alone. They said it, that you would think it was uh, uh, 1926 and the KKK and, and thousands marching down through there the way the press was acting. It was one man that they go down there to act uh, to, uh, to interview uh, and uh, try to say that uh, that's what's getting Trump elected. But here's the thing, though, you know, so we see that then. All right, and now all of a sudden we're seeing a race issue now. Coincident, here is at election time. You see this back in 2016. We see this now. I don't find it any coincidence whatsoever. They tried to push the, the push the push the race issue then, and uh, and try to say he was misogynist, and so they can uh, pan their votes over towards uh, Hillary. They're trying to say that he was a racist. It's only white people that would elect him, and uh, and, uh, and nothing can be further from the truth. There's a lot of African Americans who are. Trump supporters, and uh, you know, but that's what they want to push. But this isn't the first time this happened. Even Ronald Reagan, this come up and talked about white nationalists, white supremacists. That, uh, in fact, they were trying to say the John Birch Society, in particular, was uh, supporting him 
and uh, what he felt about that. He said that was a, 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 um, uh, a white uh, a supremacist group or tried to claim that they were. And uh, he said, well, uh, he said, I don't believe in their philosophies, but they vote for me, they're going to believe in my philosophy. So he, he kind of uh, he, he, uh, negotiated that well uh, in, a, in a true ambassador or a true, um, what do you call it, uh, good way. <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, but they, you know, he took care of that situation. He, he, he squelched what they were trying to do. Even then, back in the early 80s, they tried to push this. And you can go even further back to Abraham Lincoln. All right, now I've got a lot of problems with Abraham Lincoln. Don't get you know I don't want to get me started on that. All right, so uh, you know he uh, he is uh, not the benevolent uh, uh, president that many would lead you to believe. But uh, uh, but I'll we'll save that discussion for another day. In fact, years ago when I took Greek, I had a uh, professor that uh, he he loved uh, history. He loved studying things about Abraham Lincoln. And I knew that if I wanted to get out of studying that night, all I'd do is bring it up. He would wait, ha waste half the class period talking about it. And then all of a sudden he'd be like, how did I get on this topic? We're out of time. He'll start it, Matt, you did it again. <laughs> he called me out. He knew it was me that was doing it. But even then, all right, uh, you had uh, what was formerly the Whig Party that become what was known as the Know Nothings. And uh, they um, uh, were, even though they were anti-slavery, uh, but they were also anti-immigrant. They had problems with the Irish. They had, uh, 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 you know, a, a whole slew of issues that uh, would not uh, really didn't fly then. It wouldn't fly on now. And uh, they were the ones who uh, uh, claimed to have uh, uh, support for Abraham Lincoln. And he didn't so much as come right out and say anything against them. And now there were some letters and things personally that he he didn't agree with their issues and things that they were doing. But you look back even then, back in 1852, and look back in, uh, in, in all these areas throughout history where they've tried to push this race issue throughout history, particularly uh, with conservative presidents. And again, with Ronald Reagan, with Donald Trump, we see this issue being pushed time and time again. And uh, if you get a chance, read that Death of a Nation by uh, Dinesh D'Souza. Uh, it's a very, um, uh, very informative, uh, very good book. But, um, you know, it is, um, so we see that race issue being pushed. You know, it is, um, you look at, um, well, I don't know if I'm getting that just yet. Uh, let me try to think I want to get into that yet. Uh, let me hold off. I, I was going to talk about Black Lives Matter, but I'm going to wait and hold off to a next talking point I want to hit on, and then I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that. But, you know, it's very interesting that, uh, uh, there is, um, you know, uh, Alveda King, uh, Martin Luther King's uh, daughter, uh, is um, uh, her goddaughter, or is Alveda his niece. I don't know. I always get that confused. Anyway, the point is, her goddaughter uh, is, uh, her name is um, Angela Stanton King, and she's running up against uh, John Lee. He's a Democrat uh, who's, uh, of course, obviously he's in, in favor of abortion and, and any other probably godless thing out there. But one thing she discussed was, you know, everybody's talking about race, and, but she said one thing they're not talking about is abortion. Said that, you know, that it targets, she said, 46% of African Americans abortion does. He said, where's the outcry on that? You know, you want to scream racism in a lot of different areas, but where's the outcry on that? This woman, uh, she, uh, Stanton King, she really um, had a colorful uh, past in the sense that uh, she um, uh, was arrested. Here she was, uh, she had her first child at 15 years old, had her second child while in jail. She was handcuffed to a bed when she gave uh, uh, birth. They encouraged her to uh, have abortion, and she refused to do it. She said that um, you know, she had uh, uh, obviously money issues, uh, no work, ex-convict. I mean, she had a rough time, but she refused, even though the encouragement from the liberal left, she d d decided she was not going to kill uh, her children. And uh, that says a, a lot for this young lady who's uh, trying to, uh, uh, to run as a conservative, an African-American female. And, uh, but that's one thing that President Trump has, uh, not only did he uh, uh, free, you know, get, uh, cleared her of all uh, her wrongdoings, but he also signed a thing where women would no longer be handcuffed uh, while giving birth. So uh, that's something else that he had done. And so, um, so here she's talking about 46% uh, uh, targets African Americans. So right there, you talk about racism uh, in and of itself uh, that should be uh, brought up and discussed, but they won't do that. You know, this morning I was talking about um, 
uh, in regards to apologetics and and how we need to give a defense. And one thing that I was discussing this morning, for those who watched, uh, you, you know what I want to say here. Uh, you know, we, I was talking about it in uh, this individual in the book I was reading uh, that um, uh, he was talking to a woman who was uh, uh, she admitted that she was wicked and that she believed in all life. And when it comes to the topic of abortion, uh, she said, well, it should be their right to choose. He said, well, wait a minute, you're supposed to be for all life. And uh, the point is, he was trying to make her think. You know, it wasn't so much he was trying to get her saved at that instant. I, hope, I mean, obviously, that would be a goal for any Christian, but the point is to, to plant that seed. And she said, well, in the, in the case of rape in particular, and he said, so if I had a two-year-old child right here, you would say it'd be okay to distract that child down and kill it. Oh, no, no, no. See, when you put it in that context, when you give a visualization, it makes people, it shakes them a little bit and makes them think. And people need to think about that, that visualization of, of a child uh, right there, that even though as horrible as, as even rape is, and it's even less than 1% for a woman to conceive uh, in the uh, instances of rape, uh, that, uh, for that to even happen. So that's just an excuse uh, to promote uh, abortion. Abortion is nothing more than a, um, uh, a convenience, uh, a form of birth control. That's all it is. And now if you're a woman who's watching this and you may say, well, I'm taking offense of that and, and, and don't like it, listen, you, you may have believed a lot. It doesn't mean that God uh, you know, wouldn't still love you. You still can't come to know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior. If you've known Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, that is in your past. A lot of women struggle with that. So I'm not here to, uh, uh, to uh, make any woman uh, uh, feel bad, but, I, but any woman who may be watching this might need to be forced to think before uh, you believe that lie that's being perpetrated out there. So uh, that's, that's the point of that there. You know, but what we're seeing here really, uh, in a nutshell, is cultural Marxism. Now, if you want to know what cultural Marxism is, it is the uh, revolutionary leftist idea that traditional culture is source of oppression in the modern world. So that's a textbook definition of cultural Marxism. So, and, and so what that is, uh, is blaming society uh, for what's going on. Now, it's very interesting that uh, cultural Marxism uh, pushes uh, political correctness uh, in everything. So that's why, you know, that's, uh, that, that in and of itself, I said nothing more. Cultural Marxism pushing political correctness uh, is evident in everything that we see. I mean, you can't watch a movie, you can't watch TV, you can't without seeing political correctness being pushed. It's amazing how if you're a Christian, that's okay to be made fun of and put down. If you're a white male, it's okay to be made fun of and put down. If you're a heterosexual, it's okay to be made fun of and put down. But if that shoe is flipped, then that's on with women, homosexuality, or anything like that, then by gosh, uh, then that is off limits, and then uh, you are condemned, all right, if you were to uh, to put the, those individuals down. But if you are a, a Christian, a white American male who believes in uh, traditional family values, that is, you know, how, how dare you? That's why we are seeing, without a doubt, cultural Marxism in our society today. That's why we're seeing this upheaval uh, in our society today, uh, because they want, they have a progressive liberal ideology that they are wanting to push uh, in all areas and all avenues uh, of our existence. And I'm telling you right now that um, until, you know, what we're seeing here fundamentally is a heart problem, a sin problem. And, and as long as, uh, uh, as, as, as sin exists, all right, we're going to have problems with racism. We're going to have problems with hatred. We're going to have problems with murder. We're going to have problems with these things that we are seeing in our society today. It is a heart problem, people. And I think many of you understand that, particularly if you're Christians. If you know Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, I think you have that, uh, that fundamental understanding that that is the case. And when people don't understand that. Defunding the police is not going to change anything. Uh, to uh, uh, increase a... Uh, you know, make sure that everybody can have an abortion. That's not going to change anything. You know, you see all these different things. I don't care how political great you are. It's not going to change anything. Look at all these people uh, that try to be more woke and try to, to pander to these uh, this political correctness, this cultural Marxism. They turn on bottom in the rear end every time. Every time they kowtow to these individuals, what happens? It turns around and it bots them back every single time. There is no pleasing these individuals. I, I said, Dad, a little funny uh, earlier today 
uh, said that, um, you know, with this quarantine, I've had a lot of time on my hands, a lot of time to think. He said, with all these riots going on, uh, he said, I, I put, um, uh, not in riot, this is I saw online. Uh, he said, I put uh, Trump stickers on all the rioters' cars. And he said, I laughed and had a lot of fun watching them destroy each other's cars. You know, but that, that's, that's, that's the, the skinny of it, if you will, of what's going on. Is that you're just, you're, it doesn't matter. There's no rhyme, no reason. It's just chaos. And uh, whatever you feel, however, you know, you want to, direction you want to take something, it's okay. You know, it don't matter if you riot, loot, they're burning down their own cities, their own towns. You know, and, and talk about, you know, they're, they're saying they're doing this against racism, and particularly in support of George Floyd and what happened. But I turn around and, and see a photo uh, on social media of a white woman with her middle finger in the face of an African-American police officer. So tell me how much this is about racism. I mean, you know, I mean, really. I mean, when you see something like that, this is nothing about racism. And you see these people here in, in Johnson City, Tennessee, screaming, uh, "No, no justice, no peace." And well, you know, I, you know, I'd like to ask some of these individuals. Okay, uh, what, what would you like to see? And I bet guarantee the answer would be, "Well, I want justice." Okay, well, those involved have been arrested. They're going to see justice. Now what? I would love to see the response. The boys say, "Well, there needs to be reform." There, well, what's the reform you want to see? What do you? Well, uh, you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't uh, be hurting people. Well, no, duh. You know that's that's a given. You know they're out here streaming and chanting, parroting what they're seeing on television. But I guarantee you, half of them couldn't give you a straight answer as to what they're chanting and what they want to see resolved and what they want to see done. That is the fundamental problem that we're seeing right now: is uneducated individuals. Just like they showed a, a, a monument. I want to say I posted it, but I can't remember now. I should have went back and looked at it. I want to say it's the 54th uh, Regiment in the Civil War. They. Uh, 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 I mean, they painted all over this thing. But what they didn't realize was that regiment was an all African American uh, group. <laughs> so you know, that just shows their lack of understanding in history of what they're doing. All right. So let's look at something here. I want you to look over here at Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-seven. Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-seven. So God created man in His own image, in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. You know, so what we're seeing here is that obviously we are created in God's image. And if we're created in God's image, then we should be putting forth uh, the same attributes and things that God uh, shows us each and every day. Showing love, showing kindness, showing forgiveness. All right? You know, we should be showing the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. You know, and a man who can control his temper is, is, is mightier than uh, the, the greatest fortress out there, you know. And it is, it is, it is that, be able to have that understanding and having forgiveness in our hearts. But what do we see? We see the antithesis of that. We see hard-heartedness. We see unforgiving. We see bitterness. We see hatred. And, and so it just it fuels that. And why is that? That's because we're seeing society move further and further away from the things of Jesus Christ. You know, that's one thing I was talking about this morning in the beginning of my uh, devotion, was the fact that uh, our country was founded on the Judeo-Christian ethic. No, as, as I stated this morning, we are not a theocracy. You can believe however you want to, and whatever you want to believe. But it doesn't change the fact that our uh, forefathers escaped religious persecution to come to this nation. Now some, many didn't actually even leave England and come straight here. Some actually went to Sweden. And when things escalated and become more and more aggressive toward their beliefs there, then they come over here to America. But what our Constitution, many of our men, the, the men who wrote our Constitution were Christians. There were some that were deists. But uh, they believed in the moral law, that, that universal law that all men uh, have an understanding of. You shouldn't steal, you shouldn't murder, you, you know, all these things that universally people understand. And, uh, but, you know, it's amazing how, uh, as I was stating this morning, how Congress used to open in prayer and how states used to fund churches. You know, and there was just this, uh, this moral understanding of right and wrong. But what we're seeing now is a uh, fundamental shift away from that. 
You know, when you have parents who no longer believe in spanking, and they just want to put little Johnny in a corner and reason with him. See, you know, even at a, you know, here I'm going on almost 50 years old. I'm 47. It's hard to believe I'm uh, that old, uh, even though I look like I'm uh, 20. But uh, even when I was younger, I would see uh, these parents out in public. I remember one instance in particular at the mall, and this kid was wailing on his daddy's uh, face. And I remember him going, now, nah, let's, let's not do that. We don't do that. Now, I'm telling you right now, see, these individuals who, who raised their, their little rugrats like it are the ones out here riding and protesting right now. See, that's why it's more, it's more, it's more, that's, this is the fruit of their labor, so to speak. Now, I'm telling you right now, if I ever, I don't care if I was one year old or ten year old, if I raised my hand to strike my daddy, I could tell you right now he would have wore my fanny out. All right, now he didn't give me a lot of spankings. I deserved a whole lot more, but he was more far more gracious than a lot of daddies probably should have, would have been. But uh, so that's why we're seeing, you know, when, when you take God out of the school, God's no longer important at home. You no longer see men, the spiritual head of their homes. You only see men as being daddies. You know, you know they, they, uh, they have these kids and then they disappear. So there, you know, there's no, uh, no moral compass of what a man should be. Well, we shouldn't be surprised as to what we're seeing. And so we see this, that we are the, 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 in the made and created in the image of God that we should be portraying those things. We should have that fundamental understanding uh, of what God has done for what Jesus Christ has done for us. You know, God sending His only Son. And we should be uh, displaying those very attributes uh, that Christ has put into us. But, you know, the, the problem is, going back to the sin issue, is that we are in rebellion against God. All right? we, uh, well, that's why Jesus Christ come to, uh, to, to, to give that bridge between us and God, obviously. But see, we are in rebellion to God. See, we, you know, even as Christians, even those, those of us who are saved, we are still, uh, our flesh is at war with the Spirit. And so as a result, those who don't know Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, of course, every immoral thing out there, every sexual perverse thing out there goes, all these things are okay. But, but in God's eyes, and, and of course we have an understanding of these things that are abhorrent and those things that are wrong, that's why they look at us like we've got two heads, we look at them like they've got two heads, and realize that hey, this, this is, isn't, isn't working, this is wrong. And, um, but what they need to understand is, is that Jesus Christ come to save us. He come to liberate us. You know, here they are in bondage, you don't even realize it, don't even understand that they are in bondage. And Jesus Christ come to free them. You know, 700 years before Christ come, we look in, in Isaiah 53 and look at how he was bruised for our iniquities, all right? By his stripes, we are here. We can, we can see that very verse uh, talking about Jesus Christ, what he come to do, and how he come to reconcile us between us and God. And what a wonderful thing that Christ come to do that. If we could, if we could reach and touch the hearts and minds of these people who are rioting, these people who are hateful, these people who are bitter, if we could reach them, touch their hearts and minds, and show them the way, show them Jesus Christ, look at how so much can change. But you know what? There, there has been um, uh, race issues throughout all history. All right, through all history. This is not something new. This is not something our societies conjured up in the 60s, you know, just like John Lee, who uh, we was talking about Stanton King running against him. You know, he was in, in Selma, and uh, that's why she made me say, this isn't Selma anymore. This is, these are, are babies that are being murdered, African-American babies are being murdered. But um, uh, but what we're you know even throughout history, like I said, we see we have seen racism, uh, unbelievable. You know, we, we you can look at... Um, Gosh, I think it was in was it in Turkey that uh, the Armenians uh, were, were wiped out. We see uh, uh, in uh, Nazi Germany over six million Jews. Uh, the Japanese wiped out over six million. Uh, gosh, was it uh, Koreans and Chinese and uh, so many others uh, races uh, involved in that? In fact, the um, uh, when you talk about uh, in regards to the Japanese, you have the samurai who uh, were thought that they were racially superior. Uh, to those uh, uh, outside of their their culture, uh, so you know we see this. You know, even uh, you know you can look at uh, black on black crimes. You can look at all these different statistics and cops and 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 their reaction and all these different things. And it you know you 
there's no point in, in, in stating certain statistics because they can always be countered by different statistics. Statistics can be read in a different way. So, you know, there's no point in, in, in keep, you know, trying to throw out certain numbers, so to, so to speak. But the problem is there, racism has always existed. Why? Because sin has existed. Man's pride, uh, man's uh, who has elevated himself, uh, who has uh, felt that there is no need for God, who is, you know, uh, you see these reasons why racism is prevalent. Because they love self more than they loved God, they think that they're racial. They think they're superior to other people. Now, I, I've never experienced uh, the the um, uh, the targeting and the profiling that uh, many African American people have. It, it, that is a fact. That is, you know, there's many who have been profiled sadly, and uh, and, and that is uh, tragic. It should never happen. Uh, as a result of that, now as a kid, I was made fun of horribly. Uh, when they found out my grandmother was Japanese, I was called all kinds of, of horrible and terrible names um, and uh, made fun of the way I looked. And uh, it was, uh, wasn't fun. Uh, I dreaded going to school every day. I really did. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's kind of an odd thing, really. You know, I, I kind of put it out of my head for many, many years on how I was treated. And for whatever reason, uh, in the last uh, uh, six months or so, uh, it's like, um, it's been very vivid in my head, uh, the way I was treated, uh, how people would, um, I would come in and sit down, they would literally move, uh, away from me and, uh, wouldn't even sit near me, uh, whether it's the boys or the girls and, uh, and, and how they laughed at me, made fun of me. And, uh, uh, I have to say it's, uh, uh, it's been a little bit trying emotionally, and uh, I've had to just say, Lord, you know, help me with that. You know, I know what it is, just the old devil trying to attack me uh, spiritually and mentally and emotionally, and hey, it's in the past, man. You know, we got to let those things go, you know, but it still hurts. Those scars are still there, and uh, so what little bit uh, that I experienced pales in comparison to what many African-American or other uh, races out there, ethnicities uh, out there, you know, remember, we are all one race, the human race. We're just made up of different ethnicities out there. And, uh, you know, it is, it is, you know, just like Martin Luther King said, let a man be judged by his character, but not by the color of his skin. And look what we're seeing. We're seeing the direct antithesis of that uh, in the fact that, you know, many African-Americans should be appalled and screaming foul and racist because in Hollywood and different areas that they are being hired solely on the basis of their color, not by their merit. That is horrible. They, they should be calling that out and say, that is wrong. Hire me. If you're qualified, then hire me. You know, that should be true with any ethnicity that is out there. And that is true for us, for all. You know, that's one thing. The Greeks and the Jews were at odds with each other. They There was racial discrimination even then. But that's why Apostle Paul said that Jesus Christ come to save, whether Jew or Greek. It is for everybody and anybody. That's one great thing that we, you know, when you come into our church, you'll see uh, the scripture that says that, that man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And that's all that matters is where is your heart at? Where is your heart right with Jesus Christ? It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter the length of your hair or the, if you have a beard, if you have tattoos, if you have piercings, uh, you know, it is, uh, or if you're black or white or, or whatever, you know, brown or what, it doesn't matter. What matters is, is your heart. Is your heart right with Jesus Christ? And what happens when you come to know Jesus Christ? You become a new creation. And see, when you're a new creation, you can have that forgiveness towards that or towards any somebody who has treated you badly treated you in a wrong way whether it's your color or whatever character whatever it may be you can have that forgiveness in your heart because you become a new creation in Christ Jesus and man what a wonderful thing that is to know and understand that you become a new person a new way of looking at things a new way of understanding things a way to to a new outlook the way you look see and perceive things praise God for that that he gives us that ability. You know, uh, when we look at uh, with what's going on right now, of course you have the Black Lives Matters that, uh, uh, of course you see that and everything. You know, that, that came as a result of 2013. And uh, of course we see that with Michael Brown and, and uh, the hands up, don't shoot, which was, uh, they proved was a fallacy. They had a lot of uh, witnesses initially who come out and said, well, that's, um, uh, you know, he had his hands up and kind of find out they started weeding it out and the, the stories weren't adding up. 
And come to find out, he did not, and he attacked that cop. He was reaching for that cop's gun, and he was attacking him. And so this hashtag Black Lives Matter came about, and uh, so that whole agenda, and now they, you know, they, they have really turned into, them with Antifa, have really turned into a domestic terrorist, uh, and Antifa in particular has become a, 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 a terrorist group, a domestic terrorist group. And uh, but this whole Black Lives Matter thing is, is based on a lie. And uh, so you can't have a movement based on a lie. That's not going to work. You know, uh, so many people want to try to say that Christianity was based on a lie, that Jesus Christ didn't walk this earth, that he didn't rise again. Trust me, if it was built on a lie, it would have come out somewhere, shape, form, or fashion. All right, just like this with this Black Lives Matter, it, it proved to be a based on a fallacy. It would have come out somewhere Christianity was, uh, was based on a fallacy. So I understand that... Um, that there are many African Americans uh, that uh, feel that uh, you know when they put they say Black Lives Matter, sometimes it's more than just the movement itself, but the, the fact that it is uh, uh, inherently personal to them, that they feel that they have been profiled, that they have been treated unfairly, that they have been oppressed, and uh, or and they even feel to the extent that maybe uh, the police are after them and it's genocide, and it's far from genocide. The 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 amount of uh, unarmed African Americans versus police is 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 so small that in fact that the 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 unarmed attacks on uh, or I would say attacks but the you know uh, confrontations with unarmed individuals with whites is actually higher and uh, so I understand you know you know the, has there been, been discrimination in this world yes in our nation there's been slavery there's been discrimination there's been a, there's been those things but when you look at today's society. Uh, everybody has the ability to succeed, and you have the ability to fail. You know, you look at Ben Carson, and I read his his uh, biography uh, in in its to totality. And this man lived in poverty-stricken uh, conditions, and he studied, and he worked, and he and it, it took him. It was a long, hard road, but he it took a lot of work for him to become. So you can make excuses for where you're at to keep yourself down, or you can use that as a reason to succeed and do better. You know, it's a matter of perspective where you want to be. And so if you want to live a life of hate, if you want to live a life of feeling oppressed, if you want to live a life of, uh, of, of never being treated fairly, then if that's the outlook you're going to have each and every day, then everywhere you go, you know, just like if you woke up and say, you know what, nobody likes me and everybody's against me. Well, guess what? You, and, and, or if you're saying, that, I don't like this person. Everywhere you look, you're going to find somebody saying, well, see, they treated me bad. Or if you say you don't like somebody, guess what? You're going to find every excuse as the reason why you feel and justify that person doesn't like you. It's a matter of your perspective and where you want to be. But if you have Jesus Christ in your life, you have Jesus Christ in your heart, then you can put away that paranoia. You can put away uh, that unforgiveness. And then you can have a new outlook, a new perspective of showing love, of showing grace, and showing mercy. Now, I want to look over here, uh, if, you, if you don't mind, uh, and, oh, and one thing I, I forgot to mention, too, uh, is in regards to uh, black liberation theology. Now, for those of you who attend the Fat Life Bible Church, you've heard uh, Dad touch on that a few times. Uh, old Dr. Young, Vic Young, he is, he's hit on that a few times. And, uh, but when you look at uh, black liberation theology, it's an offshoot of South American uh, 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 theology, which is really a, a humanistic viewpoint. And uh, when you look at that, see the thing the problem with, that has with Black Liberation Theology is that focus is on uh, this, um, uh, this this liberation of social justice of the here and now, all right. And that's all that they're focused on. Remember I mean, what what Jesus Christ said? He said, "I didn't come here to uh, to establish my kingdom here on this earth." See, they're so focused on everything here, they're not looking at at uh, what Jesus Christ came to do to liberate all men. To, from bondage and from sin, they their their focus is in the wrong direction. That's you know that's just a hit on on the um, on the surface there, just 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 a little bit there, but um, uh, but I feel like it's need to, to bring that up. But if you want to research that yourself, by all means do that. But I feel like it's need to bring that up because you know there there's it causes divisions between white and black Christians. And that's what, not what Jesus Christ wants. See, when you, do, you hear that word black liberation theology, in fact, uh, that's what Obama was getting a healthy dose of when he uh, uh, went to uh, the church he was supposedly attending, claimed he didn't know what they were talking about. 
And so uh, it's, it's uh, very humanistic uh, in their belief system. But Jesus Christ come to unite us, not to divide us. And Jesus Christ don't want us focusing on the here and now. He, he come to establish his kingdom here. He, his kingdom is in heaven. He wants us to focus on that. He wants us to focus on eternity. He wants to focus on Jesus Christ, what he come to do for us, his substitutionary atonement on, and uh, work on the cross. That's what he wants us to focus on is his love. That he uh, died, that he died for you. He rose again from the grave, and that he is alive and well. And that if we confess our sins, understand what he done for us, that we can live eternally with him. That's where our focus needs to be, and we can focus on that. Then we can come together in unity, and put away this hatefulness and this bitterness. Now I want you to look over here at uh, Romans thirteen three through four. Romans thirteen three through four. It says, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil wilt thou then not be afraid of the power. Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, revenge to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Now, the reason why I read that, you know, we look at this here uh, in verse 3, it says, for rulers. You can actually put in place, uh, referring to police officers, all right? And they are there for good works. They are there to, uh, for good. They are there to protect us. You know, uh, even back during the, the time of Moses, you had uh, what was uh, known as the watchmen. And the watchmen, they would uh, send guard at, at uh, on top of like, you know, think of like a, a castle or towers. And they would stand guard watching for the enemy, warning those who would come to harm them. You know, in fact, in a, in a sense, uh, pastors are a type of watchmen. And the fact that we warn you about the dangers and the things that are going on, uh, whether it be a society or uh, the things that are spiritually minded that we need to warn you about, talk to you about. But when you see that, you know, so even going back then, to the time of Moses, now we see that there were a type of police uh, that um, uh, were there to uh, to protect uh, the people. And you know, when, and, uh, when if you are a police officer, uh, you are um, uh, doing a good thing. You are technically a servant of God. Now realize there are over eight hundred thousand police officers in our nation. Eight hundred thousand. So it, it only bears to say that you know it, there are obviously going to be some bad. Uh, in 800,000 people, all right? You know, not everybody, you know, there's going to be some bad apples out there uh, that are going to do things that are, you know, there's a lot of police officers who are appalled and upset and, and angry at what's going on. But I tell you what, you defund uh, the police and then you paint a target uh, on these police officers' back and on their families' back. And, you know, that's what Don Bongino was talking about um, uh, in front of the Senate committee uh, this, uh, this afternoon. And I watched it uh, when it was uh, as it was happening. Heard him say some things that he said, and so you know we see that God wants these peacekeepers. You know, you know, we see that you know vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. But see, God put these individuals in place to keep the peace. You know, whether it's a soldier, whether it's a police officer, they are there to hold evil back. They are there to to keep people out of harm's way. They're there to do a good thing. 99.9% of police officers, they want to do the right thing. They're trying to do the right thing. And the fact that the media and the liberal left, the progressive liberal left, are trying to demonize them is wrong. You know, you can't paint a picture because of one bad apple, one bad cop who's done an atrocious thing and say that all cops are bad. It's like saying that uh, because of one uh, African-American male, because he does something wrong, that all black people are bad. Or one white man does something bad, then all white people are bad. You can't paint everybody with a broad brush. That's insanity. You you cannot do that. And to say that they need reform, they need to understand. Like most, like I said, ninety nine point nine seven nine percent of them are trying to do the right thing. Most of them know that you know you don't sit there and choke somebody till they die. They know that you're not trying to purposely harm somebody. But you have to look at their position too. You got guys here. I'm I'm five seven, and I'm. Well, I used to say I was average build. Now I'm uh, a portly fellow, and uh, but you know, five seven. Uh, you know, I'm pretty much average in strength and height. But you take somebody that's three hundred pounds, six five, and they're barreling at you. Well, you know, you have to have some way to to defend yourself. And obviously, you don't want to kill the individual, but at the same time, you've got to protect yourself and whoever's with you as well, or you're trying to protect. 
so you know, it, it, the, the fact that they're trying to say that they need to be put through some programs and, and relearn how to do it's, just, it's crazy. It, it's just it's absolutely insane. But God has put these individuals in the place that they are at. And um, in fact, let's see here. Look at um, Romans uh, 13. Let's see, let me get back over here. Hold on a second here. Give me just a second here. Um, okay, yeah, Romans 13.4. Look at uh, Ephesians 6.4. Hold on a second. Let me get back over here to Ephesians 6.4. And it says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up with the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Going back, that even as parents, just like I was talking about a minute ago, that we have a duty and a responsibility to even spank our little road rats. Now, I say to beat your children, but that's what they put that fleshy part of their backside on there. I grew up with spankings, and it didn't hurt me none. They ain't going to hurt your little rug rat either. You know, that's the problem with too many people out there. They're not raising their kids. When they do something wrong, they don't tell them it's wrong. They just, well, it's, it's not. they're too worried about being their buddies instead of being their parents. And that's the, that's the hardest part of being a parent. You, you love your kids. You want to be their buddies. But there's times when you have to be a parent. And it's not fun. It's not something you always like to do. But you have to do it. You know, there's a lot of police officers out there. They, they want to be your buddies. They want to be your friends too. But they have to uphold the law. They can't sit there and, and let you do illegal substances and steal and rob and be like, oh, buddy, don't worry about that. I mean, of course, you know, it may happen, you know, with, with a slight bad, whoops, with a, a few bad apples out there like I was talking about. But the majority is like, hey, buddy, you know what, I'm, I'm your friend, but you can't do that. I'm going to have to place you in jail. God put these individuals in the place that they are to protect us from vile and evil and wrong things out there. And me personally, I want to thank all of our men and women in blue. I want to thank all of our police officers for their dedication, their hard work, and what they're going through right now. You know, um, uh, shoot, what's the actor's name? Woods is his name. Um, uh, well blank. But anyway, he had a Twitter account, and he was making a list of all the police officers uh, who were killed or injured in the line of duty since the year 2020 has started, uh, since January. And Twitter blocked it and removed his account uh, as a re because he was trying to demonstrate how many police officers have given their lives and, and dedication uh, to uh, uh, to their duty and what they were trying to do. And, and that's a shame. Uh, it's just James Woods. Thank you, uh, Mr. Hanslet. Um, but it's um, shame, you know, that they blocked it because why? Because that hurts their narrative. That hurts what they're trying to uh, uh, what they're trying to push out there. That's what the media is trying to do. They're trying to cause uh, division. They're trying to cause problems. They want that division. They want to scream uh, that, uh, that it is racist. That President Trump is racist. Why? Because they are scared to death of him getting reelected. So I don't find this any coincidence that we saw this in 2016 and we're seeing it now. But if you want true unity, if you want to, uh, to see peace upon our country, it's that we must turn to Jesus Christ. That is our saving grace. That is the only thing that's going to turn this country around. Racism is going to exist. Why? Because man's heart is desperately wicked. Who can know? We're, we're going to see racism. We're going to see hatred. You know, the very first murder was between Cain and Abel. He was jealous of what his brother was doing. He thought he could squelch out what he's doing before God. It's, sin is going to happen. They, bad things will happen as long as evil exists. But the only way to have peace upon our land, the only way to have peace upon this country is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have not made that commitment, my friends, make that commitment today. Come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I, 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 we are here, but just a little time. That's what I was talking about earlier today. That it's hard to believe that next year I've been out of high school 30 years. It just, I cannot fathom that that much time could go by that quick. At 18 years old, 47 look like, hundred years away it's like it would you know but here it is within a blink it is here we are here just for a short amount of time and before if you you may die before jesus christ returns where is your heart at is it with jesus have you made that profession of faith have you accepted jesus christ your personal lord and savior or are you saying i'll do that tomorrow i'll do that next week oh yeah when i i quit uh uh whatever it may be that you feel is keeping you away from God or church, when I quit these things, uh, then I'll come to know Jesus Christ. You, If you do wait for that kind of thing, you will never come to know God, Lord uh, Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Jesus wants you now, and he wants you just the way you are. I don't care how hate-filled you are. I don't care how addicted you are. I don't care what you're dealing with. 
you turn your life over to Jesus Christ, you become a new creation. You become a new person through Christ Jesus. And so praise God for that. In fact, I was thinking of a verse. I don't know. I can't think of it exactly. I'm trying to think. I'm going to say Matthew. When I was talking, this popped in my head, but I'm not sure if I... Um, Trying to think, well, it's, I'm trying, I want to say it was Matthew 20, but my mind's went blank on me, what it was. Um, it was a verse I was trying to think of, it's like it's right on the tip of my tongue, but, um, oh well. Anyway, um, but if you want to, uh, uh, to live a life of freedom and not bondage, give your life over to Jesus today. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, Lord, we thank you, we love you, we praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day that you've given us. Lord, help us to serve you well. We are created to serve you. We are created to worship you. Lord, if we could just obey your commandment to love the Lord thy God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our being, and our neighbors ourselves, if we could do that, imagine what great change we could create in this country. Lord, I pray that peace upon our land Help us for those who are saved to demonstrate love and peace. Help us not to have anger and hatred and bitterness in our hearts. Let us be an extension of you. Let us be a light in this world of darkness. And Lord, for anyone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. Lead God to protect us from it again. Lord, be with this nation. Lord, again, pray the peace upon this land. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Appreciate all of y'all for watching this evening. I hope you all have a blessed and wonderful evening and rest of the week. And if you get time, please be sure to come out and join us at Fountain Life Bible Church, 118 Julie Lane, Johnson City. And uh, join us for service from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. And uh, we'd love to have you. And then we'll meet again that evening at 6 o'clock. Continue our study in Hebrews. Hope you all have a great day. Thanks for watching.